Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of May Contain Traces of Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle, and if you're new around here, welcome to the podcast. So psyched to have you listening today. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate each and every one of you that is tuning into this podcast weekly or fortnightly or however often you are tuning in. It's just fantastic to have you guys out there listening. Keep in mind that you can get in contact with us. If you don't know about this yet, we do do shout outs on this show where you, the listener, can hit us up and you can ask us any questions, um, give us your you know, guest recommendations, uh, suggest topics that you might like to hear on the show. So if you do that, we'll give you a shout out on the show and answer your question. So you can hit us up on Instagram. We are Make Tain Traits of Soy or on Facebook. Definitely go check out both those pages. We share lots of zero waste tips and vegan recipes, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Just building a bit of a non-judgmental plant-based community. So if you are new around here, just click that subscribe button. And if you are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes today, please go ahead and leave us a little rating or a review. We'd really love to know what you think of the podcast. And that just, it really helps to push the podcast up there so that more people see it and hopefully spread that non-judgmental vegan message. I really appreciate everyone who has gone and left a little rating or a review. I just, yeah, it really brightens my day, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, let's get right into this week's episode. We have another fantastic episode lined up for you today. We are going to be talking with Sarah Kidd, who does a fantastic vegan baking show on YouTube. She is such an awesome character. So she is a retro baking sweetheart. She is rocking the vegan baking world with her retro flair and baked creations. Sarah is also a food columnist for the Vegan Food Mag, Vegan Food and Living UK, as well as Nourish Mag here in Australia. And her cookbook, Bake Vegan Stuff, Easy Recipes for Kids and Adults Too, is wildly popular. And she's also got the baking enthusiasts around the world following her on her YouTube channel to watch her whipping up something spectacular. She's also running one of the largest and most interactive vegan baking groups on Facebook. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. 
Hey, thanks so much. That was a really great intro. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your new show that is, it will have launched by the time this goes out. That's launching on the 12th of July, um, where you're going to be bringing us iconic cakes from around the world, but veganizing them. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, it's really exciting. Uh, as many of you know or do know now, I have a YouTube channel and uh, I really wanted to make higher quality product. So I spent like a year making YouTube and then I built a complete kitchen film set, got some better equipment, had some acting lessons <laughs> to learn how to present better uh, and then came up with this concept called vegan around the world and I'm very obsessed with vegan cakes so I thought why not veganize all the iconic cakes around the world because the people in my uh, vegan baking group which is almost at 15,000 people now are always asking for all these classic cake recipes from different countries and asking me to veganize them so I thought hey I'll just make a show about it so that's what vegan around the world is all about just veganizing classic cakes in my brand new retro kitchen I have a new look new kitchen new recipes it's gonna be fun oh so exciting I absolutely love the backdrop that you've got with the retro kitchen it's really well put together there's a lot of effort that's gone into that you know for your viewers which is really lovely <laughs> Yeah, well, my ultimate goal is to create high-quality content and eventually have an actual TV show pushing veganism into the mainstream. I mean, it's slowly starting to happen now, uh, but I would really, really love to have a vegan baking show that's like MasterChef that yeah. everyone's really familiar with and enjoys and um, just to bring vegan baking into the mainstream to teach people and show people that it's really fun and really easy and, and very accessible. Mm. I think doing the iconic cakes is a great way to do that because you're capturing that nostalgia that people have and that connection to culture because we do often connect food with culture. And I think one of the things people get put off by with veganism is this fear that they're going to lose some of their culture around food because food has such a big part to play in how we interact with each other and socialize. So I think showing yes. them they don't have to lose that is so great. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good point. Uh, I do notice in my vegan baking group, I always get a, a lot of influx of new people wanting to learn vegan baking, uh, but also having that sadness that they have to give up something. And that's usually why, why they are there so that they can try and veganize what they feel they're going to lose. Yeah. So it is a great, a great little show to show people what's possible. And I mean, I've veganized some really hard stuff like this really pushed my skill level. Uh, the first, the first episode is the Swedish princess cake, which is an, a glorious cake. It's three layers of sponge jam, pastry cream and vegan whipped cream and then marzipan on top of it. And I really wanted to create a vegan whipped cream that tasted like whipped cream that you can make at home from scratch. And it literally took me, five months. I started out with some recipes that already existed from other vegan baking uh, extraordinaires, such as Gretchen Price, who had a great recipe. And then I just developed my own version of that. And I did a lot of research on what other people were doing. And I came up with something that uh, I tried to make that 
had the least amount of failure possible. Like it's really hard to stuff up the recipe, which is great. Uh, and I veganized other cakes like the English Battenberg, uh, which is like almond sponge with marzipan and apricot jam. And then there's a beautiful Mexican cake, which is the um, tres leches cake, which, stand, which means literally three milk cake, which has <laughs> condensed milk, milk, evaporated milk, white sponge cake and whipped cream and I've like I've veganized all of that so it just tastes exactly the same and there's so many other beautiful recipes I really can't wait for everybody to see it oh wow that sounds really exciting and we'll be able to find that on your YouTube channel when it drops is that correct so I'm actually moving away from YouTube I'm the first episode is going to air will premiere on my Facebook page on July 12th and I've actually set up, set up an event page that you can register so you don't miss out and then it's actually going to be available through my Patreon account so you can access all the recipes and um, obviously the show for $3 a month and then I've got some really great perks. Uh, every month I'm doing a live bake along. I've already had 50 people sign up in the last couple of weeks so it's going to be really really fun. There's lots That's of cool great. stuff on there so definitely go check it out. Oh, so fantastic. We'll definitely drop the link into the show notes for that one so that our listeners can go and have a look there. Yeah, I guess I would love to know a little bit more about this variety of careers that you've had throughout your life because doing a little bit of research, um, you know, on your experience and things that you've done when we were heading into this episode, I came to realize that you've really been a bit of a creative and vegan jack of all trades moving through different industries, starting out somewhere over in sort of film and distribution and ending up over here. Do you think that there's a way to work vegan or animal rights activism into any job? Do you think you've found that? Yeah. So I've, I, I've actually had quite a few careers that you haven't brought up because they're actually not in my bio I'm a brand specialist on the side and I specialize in building audiences and brands uh, for, for vegans. Um, I'm event manager. I've managed multiple large scale vegan events and other uh, just random events on the side as well. Um, I was a filmmaker and film distributor also. So every single career that I've ever had um, or job, I've always found a way that I can work veganism into it because once I became vegan, I just became so passionate about the cause that I just devoted every energy I had to promoting veganism in any skill form that I had <laughs> available to me. So when I was working as a film distributor, I was lucky enough to score a job with some documentary makers who are animal activists. And I developed films with them that specialized in animal rights. And I stayed with them for about eight years making documentaries and then starting a business, helping other documentary makers build brands and products and build audiences and obviously release their films on a large scale level, like international level. Because I really thought it was very important to mainstream everything as much as I possibly could. And from that, I really understood how audiences and brands were important and um, just developed this huge skill set of how to create a really strong brand to target an audience. Like if vegans wanted to target a mainstream audience, teaching them how to do that uh, really gave them the opportunity to get their message out in a way that they didn't think was possible or to reach the audience that they really wanted to. So, yeah, I've just always developed, um, devoted everything I possibly could to this movement. I just... I care about animals so much. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it seems it's so simple when you are vegan. It's so simple to you and to anyone else who's vegan. It's like, yeah, because that's, that's wrong and that's terrible. And why are we doing that? You know, it's very logical and simple to you. But when you were talking before about brand management and helping vegans find a way to speak to that larger, broader audience, that's really interesting. And it's so important because there is no point in preaching to the converted. We need to all be out there engaging in, you know, those levels of activism that actually are going to engage the audience that we don't already have and bring other people over to it. And I do think that some people tend to think vegans are a bit intense or, you know, a bit sort of like mean or whatever, but I really think that that's not the case when you get to know most vegans, but I do think that we do have maybe a pretty bad rep out there in the world. So yeah, rebranding that is not necessarily the worst (laughs) idea. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting um, concept as well. A lot of vegans would ask me if they should still call their products vegan or like plant-based. And it, I mean, I, I worked with some people developing a vegan gym in America last year, developing that brand as well. And that really came up and it really depends on the audience that you're trying to target, the message that you have and what you're trying to do. Like, are you trying to start a movement or are you trying to sell a product or do you want to convert gluten-free people to plant-based gluten-free? Like, what is your main objective? Where do you fit in the market? And these are all really important things. And yeah, I know that vegans have a bad rep. I mean, when I first went vegan, which was such a long time ago, I was really angry and upset um, and got in fights with all my entire family and had have, I've had falling outs with family members and I've worked on some really heavy animal activist films that were very traumatizing and quite dangerous as well. And I've, I've seen it from both sides and that's really what made me pivot into baking. Like I did start studying as a chef very early in my career and then moved into filmmaking and I've come back to it now, but I found, and I've said this quite a, in quite a few interviews, if you're having trouble communicating your vegan message I think it's great to use your skill set and your pa- whatever you're passionate about to communicate uh, and find a way to do it that people can receive that message. And for me, I getting angry and yelling at people never worked. It just caused more conflict. But when I made food and made cakes, especially because I really love baking, it's like my favorite activity, obviously. It was a really easy way to talk about veganism that was you know, acceptable. Like people would eat the cake and then I'd go, oh, did you know that that's vegan? They're like, what? How did you even make this without eggs? And I'm like, aha, it's so simple. And then, you know, (laughs) away we went. And it was just, it's just such a gentle way. And then having this really fun, quirky retro brand wrapped in it, that was something that people could also hold on to and put me in a, you know, a unique space was a way that I could start breaking into the mainstream, which is slowly happening now. And I think a really good thing to also learn is that no one is an overnight success. (laughs) It takes a really long time and it takes a lot of dedication and hard work. So if you're passionate about something, I really feel that that's the the best way that you can push your message forward. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that, you know, what you've sort of talked about there is really interesting because it's kind of a form of soft vegan activism, which I think is, you know, baking cookies for friends and, 
just chatting with your friends about different things and going, did you know that that's not vegan because of this? Isn't that weird? Yeah. And I think soft vegan activism is a great kind of stealth way for vegan veganism to work its way into society. So. I, absolutely. I think, I, I think interestingly, every form of activism is necessary. Like when I look at all the different forms and people like judging other people about their activism, I think you need to remember that you need like you need the um, organization PETA to seem really extreme so that Animals Australia doesn't seem so extreme. So when they're talking to the government, you know, the government will talk to Animals Australia, but they won't talk to PETA. Mm. And then, you know, you need those forms of there's a, a specific scientific word for it, but I can't remember what it is. Um, about that systems are dynamics or something. I can't remember. Um, But we need all the different types of activism because sometimes like humans generally, like you think of it as a product, generally humans need three touch points before they'll purchase. So you can think of veganism as the same way. They might see a a video from Peter. They might hear um, a, a politician talking about live export and then they might see me making some cakes and they're like oh i've heard this three different ways now maybe something you know maybe that seed will start to sink in yeah so i always think it's important never to discriminate against anyone's form of activism they're all important yes they're all definitely making a difference and you've had a very um wide array of experiences that you can speak to on that having been on the front lines you know (laughs) with the the actual sort of like the dangerous front lines of going yeah. in farms. I'm assuming I'm not, you know, not to say that you did do that, but going into the farms. I didn't actually, thing. well, I didn't actually go into farms, but when I was working on a film called Kangaroo, I was constantly exposed to a lot of footage um, and a lot of death threats. I was running that. Um, I was kind of like the showrunner. I was looking after the producer and the director and organizing the distribution um, and managing the release it, all around the world and it was it was really full-on especially and I managed a lot of social media as well so I was interacting with like shooters and farmers and stuff like that and it was really horrific and we'd be getting yeah there was can't really talk about a lot of it but it was it was pretty it was an eye-opener um of a film so yeah I've seen it and working with people that are putting themselves on the front line as well and just seeing what happens to them and the trauma that they go through. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is trauma. Um, I think that that word is so on point. I've got friends who have done some of that more intense um, activism and the farms and things. And when you are already so sensitive to animal rights issues, when you do care so much already, and then to go and put yourself through that for the sake of spreading the truth about it, it's a very noble thing to do, but it is traumatic and it does affect them. You know, it's an ongoing issue yeah. for people who've dealt with that and seen it. It's pretty horrifying. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had trauma from it, so I can only imagine, I know what the producer and director have gone through with it. And I'm like, if I'm experiencing this, then I can't even relate to what they're experiencing Um, but I'm grateful that they have the courage and strength to be able to do that because I um I I'm so sensitive and emotional I I couldn't cope with a lot of it like I stayed with that film for five years but I really had to move into a different form of activism for 
my mental state because I've been fighting for so long mm. and on other films as well. Like I, my mental state just couldn't cope. Uh, and I just needed to do something that was a little bit more positive where I wasn't surrounded by so much death. Yeah. I had to move into something that was a little bit more light because my whole purpose in life is to talk about veganism and encourage people to be more kind uh, and make compassionate choices. So my priority was to my mental health so I could continue to do that. And I think that's important. Another important thing for other vegans and activists and activism activists who do any type of activism is that you do get compassion fatigue. You do get, you do have trauma and you need to have systems in place where you can process that. Otherwise, if your mental health is gone, um, or ruined or I don't know what the correct term is in trouble, then you can't continue in that journey. And interestingly enough, Claire Mann, who's a psychologist and a friend of mine, um, she's written a book called Vistopia, which talks all about the vegan journey. Have you heard about Vistopia? No, I haven't. Um, I oh, it's really interesting. That. Dystopia. Oh, definitely check it out. So Claire has worked with so many vegans for such a long time. And I've been friends with her for like 10 years. We've done a lot of vegan events and stuff together. And so she's a psychologist and she wrote this book called Dystopia because what we were noticing is that vegans were going through like a cycle uh, with what they were experiencing when they first became vegan and then when they started to do animal activism and then when they were starting to interact with family and friends and just realizing that they were a vegan in a non-vegan world, how it was affecting them emotionally. And it's actually a condition. Like you go through a, a, a series of stages um, and events that happen to you emotionally and affect, you know, how you perceive the world. And it was just happening in such a consistent pattern that Claire started to take note and she she coined a term called dystopia so whenever i meet any new vegans and <laughs> i'm always like oh so how how are you going what stage are you at have you realized that you're a vegan in a non-vegan world has have your parents rejected you are you depressed yet like <laughs> where, where are you do you need some cake <laughs> yeah do you need a cookie and a cuddle hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a lot easier now. When I first went thinking, it was really dire straits so to speak I was literally the only vegan that I knew mm. um and there was no there was no like 
vegan magnums or vegan meetups or 15 I know, it's so much easier now isn't it it's just it's crazy yeah. how much it's breaking into the mainstream and the majority of it like you were discussing before it's very much kind of geared towards plant-based we're doing plant-based this and plant-based that which is yeah. you know a different sort of form of marketing that is probably making it slightly more palatable i really think that targets meat eaters more often too which is really interesting but yeah, yes. getting a little bit off topic there, but let's get back on topic. And did you want to tell me a little bit about how you first went vegan? I read this book. Okay. I was obsessed with being skinny. I was like 21 or something. I'm old now, but I was 21 then. And I was obsessed with being really skinny as all 21 year olds are almost, I don't know. And I was in the bookshop and there was a book called Skinny Bitch. And I went, oh, that looks like a book that I need to read. And it was a trick. It was all about veganism. And I didn't <laughs> even know. I didn't even know what a vegan was. And it was so well written. Um, it was so funny and clever and smart. And it was actually written by these two women who were models uh, living in California. I wish I could remember their name, but um, they've got a series of book that, books out now and cookbooks and stuff. But it was just such a great book and so easy to read. And um, the information was really easy to understand. Uh, and I, I literally read that book in two days and then just went to the fridge and threw everything out. And I just said, I sh we should have given the food away. I, I realized that now I was actually living in the middle of the rainforest on a, on a hill in the middle of nowhere at this time. And my okay. partner, yeah, <laughs> I was going How did you it. come to be on the, in the rainforest on the hill? That sounds like a story as well. <laughs> oh, I just, I love living in the forest and I always wanted to live in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And for some reason I was living in Brisbane in Australia uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm in New Zealand at the moment, just for a bit of context. Mm. Uh, and there's this great mountain in Brisbane called Mount Nebo, which is in the middle of the rainforest. It's right like on the top. You can literally see Morden Island through like through the um, ocean to the other mountains. You can see like, oh, it's amazing. Uh, and this little cabin became available and we were like, hey, let's just move up there. And it was the most magical spiritual place I've ever lived in my whole entire life. It was absolutely amazing. It was just miraculous. I can't even get over how beautiful it was. So I was already in that like beautiful, like spiritual headspace. And I was actually working for a health company at the same time, which was kind of a bit um, synchronous uh, up on the mountain and read this book. And then my partner at that time, he um, kind of wanted to make some changes to his eating and I was the boss of the house and I just went hey we're going to do this and then was just completely obsessed with it uh, went raw vegan because I was also trying to find out what the healthiest I could possibly be and ah, oh, raw veganism if you can do it well it's like amazing I'd never felt so so much wellness and, and health before I, I obviously don't do it now because I just eat lots of cake and sugar and stuff <laughs> complete opposite I'm not as devoted as what I was back then but I was really really devoted and it I like it was first was just for health and um, uh, egotistical reasons but as I learned more about veganism and the movement started to grow and when I actually met Claire Mann, um, I heard her speak and talk about you know, like animal rights and stuff like that. It kind of clicked in then. It took a year or so before it really clicked in, like the importance of veganism. Like I, I was really just obsessed with the egocentric side of it. But once I found out about animal activism, that was it. I was just really focused on 
uh, how my life could benefit them and make their life better. And I actually started a blog then too, like a little, like a little blog called Lettuce Love. It was a long time ago. Didn't really do anything with it, but I was just trying to like get the message out there with the recipes as much as I could. So that was my vegan journey. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't perfect all the way through, but it probably took me five years to kind of work it out. And then I was just like, right, this is it. This is forever. And this is what I'm going to do. And how can I devote my life and my time to that? And I'm a, I'm a very passionate person and very focused. And I think it took a long time for me to find a way to communicate it in a gentle way. Like I was just always get angry at people like, why aren't you vegan? Don't you, how can you eat that? That's dead. Do you know what happens to that chicken? Like I had so many fights with my family. I had falling out with my parents, like, just and I'm the black sheep, <laughs> not so much anymore. They're very loving and supportive, but I was just like really crazy about mm. it. And I definitely chilled out a lot. I don't know. That happens when you get older. I mean, I'm nearly 40 now. I'm kind of a bit more chilled. Looking good I- for nearly 40. It's the vegan lifestyle, <laughs> my friends. Listeners, must be. go vegan. You'll look great. I'm telling you, Sarah Kidd, living proof. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> You did say though there that, um, you know, you didn't start from this place of sort of animal activism, but health. And it's really interesting because every vegan I've ever spoken to, no matter where it starts one way or another, they wind up really appreciating and identifying with the, you know, the animal rights kind of issues within veganism. And it becomes their driving focus, whether they start from a place of health or climate change kind of worries they usually wind up back in that center of, you know, the animal welfare issues. Cause I think once you stop separating your food and, you know, like your plate and how it got on your plate, you kind of really, you appreciate that a lot more and you just go, wow, it's so awful. We just can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think once you start mingling in the vegan world and making other vegan friends, you can't really get away from the animal side of it. And it's really being pushed more into the mainstream. I mean, it's in my bubble now, so I see it all the time. So I'm not sure how much it's affecting the the outside world. But the way that I can tell is how many new vegan products are in the supermarket. That's how I can tell. Yeah, it's definitely a growing movement. Well, I would love to chat a little bit now about some of your best vegan baking tips that you wouldn't mind giving us. Just a couple, just a couple little ones there. And I also need to clear something up because obviously you were born in Australia and you're over in New Zealand, so you have defected. Um, But I just wanted to find out with lamingtons, are we going to claim that those are Australian or New Zealand? Because I think we all know the truth here. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm waiting for people to fight me on all these cakes. <laughs> I've already had people fight me and I haven't even made them yet. <laughs> Are you expecting so, the controversy? Is it coming oh, in totally. waves? <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for it. So with the lamingtons, what I thought I'd do and make a compromise. Lamingtons are with Australia and then we've got the lolly cake for New Zealand. So New Zealand still has something and Australia still has something because the pavlova is an issue as well. The Kiwis claim that. And I mean, I live in New Zealand now, so I don't want to alienate myself while I'm here. So I'm just trying to like meet everyone's needs, but I know people are going to get angry at me. I mean, someone got angry at me because my Swedish princess cake wasn't a perfect dome. When I was like, oh, mean. Oh, they were, they were just, I think they were just having a joke, but that was, they were definitely Swedish. So I was like, well, I can't be right. They have to be right. It's their cake. <laughs> 
they know more than I do. So it was really, it was actually great feedback. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I take that on board and I'll make sure it's like really dome-like because yeah. it's really on the internet, like all the research I was doing, there's like a hundred thousand variations of everything. And I'm like trying to find the most authentic version of that recipe is like virtually impossible. So I welcome feedback if it's not what it is tell me what it is so I can make it better we can have a chat about it and a laugh and you can make the recipe and tell me how close I am because I can't actually go out and buy versions of all these cakes I'm just like watching thousands of videos of people eat and describe what it actually is and go okay well it must be this (laughs) this has to be like the most authentic version of that cake I can possibly make and you know they can make it and they can tell me and it's just just a bit of fun in the end yeah, it's a brave choice. I think you're really putting yourself out there on the line, but I support you all the way. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it goes well. But let, let's talk about some baking tips. So um, I've, I have a really great free ebook on my website that's called Vegan Baking 101, which covers like everything you need to know about vegan baking and gluten-free vegan baking too. There's some really great tips in there, like how to change the ingredients, what you should swap over, like if you're having any issues. But I think the most common thing that people always come back to is like eggs like because eggs is so predominant in baking and the first lesson i've ever learned is that you don't need if you're veganizing something don't overcomplicate it just because it has eggs in the recipe i've come up with the most simple versions of things um, when the non-vegan recipe has eggs in it and then i've just come up with something super simple and i'm like why do they even have eggs in it in the first place like it really doesn't need it and this is exactly the same tastes exactly the same but no eggs or animal products. It's like, it's so, so simple. Anyway, so with eggs, I think the one thing that you need to think about is when you're researching egg replacers, and I've got a big list on my website, you need to understand that not every single egg, not like one egg replacer isn't like a fix all in baking. So if you're making a cake and you really need to think about what is the egg doing in it, is it making it fluffy? So maybe it needs to be aquafaba. Is it a binding agent? Well, then it needs to be like a flaxseed egg. Is it making the cake moist? Well, then it's applesauce. Like you really need to think about what the egg is actually doing in the cake. Uh, the other thing is just find a really great vegan recipe source that you trust and, and make their recipes. And you'll start to really understand how vegan baking works. It's pretty simple. I mean, you're replacing butter with margarine. You're replacing milk with soy milk. You choose your egg replacer, away you go. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, join my vegan baking group. There's so many professionals in there. I have chefs from all around the world who contribute daily and are giving free advice to newbie vegans just because they're so passionate about the cause. And they know, they know way more than me. They've been doing vegan baking for 10 years. I'm only on my fourth year. So the amount of knowledge... Uh, and expertise in that group is absolutely outstanding. And I think a really good thing, another good tip is just start. Start with something you love, veganize it, see how you go. It's going to take a few goes, just like any recipe does. Start with something simple like pancakes or scones. Go check out my website. My whole vegan baking philosophy is just to make everything like as easy and simple as possible using ingredients you have at home. I don't want to spend 15 hours making a cake. I want to spend (laughs) one hour and I want you to make it in an hour and then send me a photo of the cake and tell me how much you love it. Like that's, that's the kind of relationship that I have with um, my fan base and anyone that bakes my recipes. It's, It's always really, really easy and fun and tastes great. 
no weird ingredients that you have to go to like the Himalayas to get pray to three <laughs> monks you just go to the supermarket yeah <laughs> margarine you're all good margarine and soy milk guys it's where it's at you know that's pretty much it right what else, like what else is there to know everything else is everything else is pretty much the same well i probably shouldn't say that but <laughs> if you read the vegan baking 101 it has all the troubleshooting of all the issues that you could ever have with baking and it tells you why that's happening it just comes back to your ingredients um it's not the same as baking but once you learn the basics you're you're fine and you'll never know the difference. No one ever knows when I give them food that it's vegan, ever. Yeah, that's when you're doing it really like, oh. well. <laughs> they just go, yeah. that's tasty. Yeah, and just recreating simple things like chocolate cake and vanilla cake and buttercream. Like, it's, it's really easy and it's fun and kids love doing it too. I, I, yeah, I really love baking with kids. They just seem to embrace life and live in the moment and just love it they're so accepting yeah they're they're always so excited about a new thing and everything's always like happy excitement it's never annoyed excitement it's always like oh wow we get to do a thing so yeah kids are great that way and you know your uh baking your vegan baking book bake vegan stuff easy recipe for kids and adults too so that one is (laughs) aimed at the kids as well there isn't it yeah, it's pretty much just a recipe book that covers just the real basics. So you've got like all your like basic cakes and cupcakes and cookies and slices and tarts. And I just wanted to make it so easy that kids could bake it because I did lots of cupcake courses with kids. And um, I just thought it'd be a fun place to start for my first recipe book. I'm actually doing a new recipe book called Vegan Cakes, obviously, because cakes is where it's at, uh, which <laughs> is coming out next year and that will be like a big proper adult cookbook my vegan bakes uh, my, my my first cookbook's just a little mini tiny kids cookbook it's really cute but this one's gonna be like serious and big oh exciting <laughs> an exciting project to be working on Sarah, it has been so fantastic to have you on the podcast. Our listeners can check out your Patreon in the link that we'll drop in the show notes for today's episode. So definitely have a look at that, guys. Also can check you out over on YouTube. Join up with that Facebook group that was Vegan Decorating Baking Tips. Is that correct? I'm in the group. I'm not saying (laughs) it right. (laughs) It's such a long name. I don't know what I was thinking when I came up with that name. Sometimes I say it and I'm like, what is it again? It's... um, (laughs) vegan cake decorating all types of baking and resources. Like I just wanted to make sure I covered everything. So like everything, everything guys, yeah. everything's just there. So there. just get in that, get in that group. It is a fantastic resource. I'm in there a lot. Just, you know, like lurking, looking at all the cool stuff people make, picking up their tips and stuff and definitely download and check out uh, Sarah's free vegan baking 101 ebook. You can find that on her website. We'll pop a link in the show notes for that as well. And look out for the new show that is coming to her Patreon. So that's going to be out yes. on the 12th of July. Come check it out. It's going to be lots of fun. And the first episode will be free on Facebook on July 12th. So if you love it, you've got to sign up because you're not going to want to miss out on all these amazing, delicious cake recipes. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. It's so good to have you on. It was the best. I had so much fun talking about baking and the new show and all the other ramblings. It was awesome to connect and have a chat. 
It was so good. I really, really appreciate it. And our listeners can definitely check out your baking show coming to your Patreon. We will drop a link in the show notes and also your YouTube and the Facebook group as well. Oh, fantastic. I hope that everyone that's listening is tuned in and is going to come and join the vegan baking group. It's amazing. And we can all go and eat some delicious cake together. That was Sarah Kidd, vegan pinup baking goddess. Go and check out her YouTube. Go join up with that Facebook group. Definitely sign up for her Patreon because that is definitely going to be worth it. And have a look at her Vegan Baking 101, the free downloadable ebook that you can get on her website. Just check the show notes for that one too. The new show that she's going to be doing, Vegan Around the World, is launching tomorrow if you are listening to this on the day of release. So that is July 12th on Facebook and you can go and watch the first episode there and then you will need to sign up to the Patreon, but definitely check that out. It is going to be such a fantastic show. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I really enjoyed this episode. It was so fantastic to talk to Sarah. She is probably by far one of my favorite guests that I have had on so far. And I would highly recommend checking out all of her stuff. She just puts so much energy into her baking shows and into her content. And it is just amazing. So definitely go and check her out. If you are new around here, just make sure that you click that subscribe button. If you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes today, go ahead and leave us a little rating or a review. really helps to push the podcast up there so that more people see it and hopefully spread that non-judgmental plant-based message. If you haven't yet, definitely check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, hit us up there and we'll do a shout out for you on the next show. Thank you so much for being here this week, guys. We will catch you in a week.